let the church say amen. You know, it's good that I was listening to the testimonies and and the people and the joy that you have for what God does in your life. And that is such a wonderful feeling. Because God never stops his love for us. And tonight wasn't my night. But my night has got to be any night. According to the scriptures, I guess I'm the only one that's supposed to be ready in season and out of season. But that's okay. Because God is good. Heavenly Father, we come breaking the word of life. And we come to bring it to your people. And we thank you for all that you're about to do. Hide your servant behind the cross and lift him up to proclaim your greatness. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Today in your devotion, it was talking about drowning in doubt. But I want to change that into a theme of doing God's will brings doubt. Doing God's will brings doubt. Now that doesn't sound too much like faith, does it? That doesn't sound like that's the kind of faith that we're supposed to generate and we're supposed to just flat have the kind of faith that no matter what, we're going to just do it because. But deep down inside, doubt shows up. Now, doubt don't have to be bad if God is used right. See, God doesn't mind us asking honest questions of what's going on. But God gets upset when you rebel against his answer. See, God don't mind when we ask us questions of what's going on in our lives or if we are hurting or the need or the situations or even the test of the trial. He don't mind your honest question. But what he does mind is when you look and hear the answer and don't want to do it. Now doubt that came into fear. And many of us live not understanding it's okay to have doubt. You can be seen. But we got to learn to understand that doubt should not lead to something that is going to allow us to not do what God that called us to do. And many of us don't know how to distinguish the difference. And I was when I was, had this brief moment of meditation, God was saying, even at Mizpah, the doubt hits the people. And they don't respond by doing what I'm requesting them to do, they respond by rebelling against what they flat know what I done said to do. And see, that's when 
The doubt starts to do what it's not supposed to do. And faith needs to be having, that's why you do your testimony. Even though doubt comes in you, your testimony should always be what have God done. See, that's why you do have a testimony. Can I be honest with you tonight? See, even in my own world, to God, I was dealing with God on some stuff, because see, I live in a world where I get to hear a whole bunch of stuff. I just live under, I just live under a multitude of stuff. Every time I talk to somebody, it's stuff. Every time I listen to something, it's stuff. Everywhere I go, it's stuff. So I got to sit around and listen. To, and if he would stop, doubt can show up. And you don't know where it comes from. It just appears. And when, and then when you sit there doing God's work, you got to understand that sometimes when you're doing his work, doubt is going to show up. And you're going to have to know how to handle what doubt is doing. John the Baptist is an excellent example of somebody doing God's work, but he never expected like we don't expect. Because see, John wasn't foreknowing, he was a forerunner. See, we think he a far. See, he was a forerunner. He was not a foreknower of everything. He was a prophet, but he wasn't a prophet of knowing so far in the future. And most prophets, they can't like be able to see the future of others, but rarely do they see the future for themselves. And so John, in Luke chapter 3, was read right before I got up, that Herod put John in prison. And John, all he did was talk about him, <laughs> of what he was doing, and convicted him of his sin. See, folks don't put you in jail when you get to telling them what they doing wrong. But you just doing God's work. And you need to understand doing God's work is going to cause them to not want to hear what you got to say. And if they got any kind of power, they going to try to use it against you. I don't know about you, but sometimes on my job, they get to telling them, they, hey, look, you know, I don't mind being your moral conscience. I don't mind telling you if you're doing things correct or incorrect. I don't mind identifying what you're doing. And sometimes if the person don't want to hear or if they don't, they're not receiving it, they don't use that to try to put you in prison. They'll get conniving. They'll get to the point but if you're doing something slightly wrong, they're going to tell everybody on you to get you in trouble. See, when you're doing God's work, then you got to understand that everybody is not going to accept what's going on. And sometimes that you, but God may even have you doing what you're supposed to be doing, but yet and still, it's going to cause you to have consequences that you never foresaw. See, that's why ministry is so hard. Because you got to speak in the folks' life. And you got to talk to people about their life. And they don't want to hear what you got to say about their life. 
because they don't want them to understand. They don't want you in their business, and you don't want to be in their business. But the problem is their business is being revealed. See, I don't want to know your business, but don't get mad at me if God tell me your business. And all I'm doing is doing what he had told. But I also got enough sense to know today, after years of experience, once God put me in your business and I confront you in your business, you're not going to take it and rejoice and say, thank you for setting me free. What you're going to do is get mad and prevail and try to come at me don't shoot the messenger. Just let the messenger do his job. Man, is God telling your business up? I'll be asleep at night and he'll wake me up and I don't want to know your business. I want to do what God said. But he said, look at what this person is doing. And you got the nerve and John was just minding his own business. But Harry, <laughs> look here. Don't, 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 don't come telling me I'm sinning because I'm messing with my brother's wife. That ain't none of your business, Sean. She with me. So who are you to tell us that we wrong? We wrong. But I think the word white should have something to do with it. I think the word white should tell you that something's wrong with it. I mean, it's okay if she wasn't his wife and y'all just fornicate to do what you want to do. But I believe it's called adultery and I just have to confront you in what you do. Doing God's work is going to bring doubt. Because the thing that happens to you is you can handle people coming at you. You can handle them not wanting to talk to you. You can even handle them berating you and belittling you. Like, who do they think they are? See, that's what's wrong with the church today. You can't say nothing to nobody because they get mad knowing you right and leave. Because so they don't want their sin exposed because they want to stay in the sin. But those of us that can grow and know that God's going to expose your sin. And watch this. This is the beauty of it. He don't care who you are. He'll expose my sin. The other thought. You remember David? David thought he was doing okay, didn't he? Yes, he did. He said, <laughs> David was sitting there saying, well, I don't know nobody know what's going on. Uh -huh. Then all of a sudden, Nathan, Nathan show up. Uh -huh. Nathan ain't been around David. And David sitting there thinking, hey, David, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah. David said, Sean, Nathan, come on, talk. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a story for you. And then he got to tell David the story. And then he asked David, David, what would you do if this was going on? And David said, 
I'm going to get rid of David and Nathan said, I'm talking about you. <laughs> see, God don't care who you are. He wants to see, and the thing that we don't understand is that God loves you so much that he's trying to get you out of the mess that you done got in, and you don't know how to get out of it, and God is trying to send a way for you to get out of it, but instead, don't get mad, get glad, but we don't get glad, we get mad, just like David did, just like Herod did, David came after Nathan. The second point to this is doubting is real. It's just like the rest of your emotions. You don't know where it comes from. And half the time you try to be so holy, you try not to even let it show up. But you know deep down inside, it's in you. And then this is what makes it so good about doubting and the reason why it's real. The, 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 the more you get into it, the more you begin to realize the challenge that you got to face is getting greater than you ever thought. And see, doubting becomes real because of what you are facing and having to deal with in your life. And you're wondering, have God forsaken you and have he left you and have he left you astray? Then you're sitting there knowing that God is everywhere, knowing that God is in you, and knowing that God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But you know deep down, doubt just shows up and it starts to work on your mind and you sit there knowing that it's real and you sit there knowing that God is real. But somehow, doubt get a little more power than what God is. And all of a sudden, it starts to consume you. Oh, it's real. It's just as real. And it generates other thoughts and emotions in your mind. Doubts. You can doubt so much that fear starts to show up. You can doubt so much that you get scared to do what God done told you to do. And you just let it go and rebel against God. Most of us have let doubt come into our lives so hard that I'd rather fight the Lord than deal with what I got to deal with. Oh, it's real. It'll make you do what you didn't never thought you was going to do. I hear all the time believers yelling, oh, if the Lord said, do it. Yeah, well, wait till doubt show up. Because you know the Lord done said it. But you don't know if you're willing to do it. So doubt is a real thing. That's why in Luke 7 and 18 through 20, John started to have doubt. And see, John is a good example of somebody with doubt. How can John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus Christ, preparing the way for all of Israel, baptizing them, proclaiming his coming. How can John the Baptist, a man that was preordained by God, who lived a Nazarite life, who was filled with the Spirit of God, who walked in God's glory, how can John the Baptist allow that to creep up in his life? Well, like I said, Doubt shows up when the challenge gets so big that you flat 
don't know that what makes it come is when you have no control of it no more. That's just between if God don't show up, then I'm not going to make it. That's how doubt get in. Because you can't control it. It's out of your hands. The only one that can handle this now is God. You and doubt or God. Thee or Jesus. Which one is going to be? John says, then the disciples of John reported concerning these things. And John called his two disciples and said unto Jesus and said, Are you the coming one? Or do we look for another? Now John knew who Jesus was. But in prison, doubt was there. Doubt not only becomes real, but doubt makes challenges that was unexpected rise up in your life. And it changes your direction. See, that's where the Christians and all Christians, I'm going to give you a litany of name, all Christians have that problem. See, we cool when we know what we're doing and where we're going and how we're going to get there. But when that challenge becomes unexpected and the direction changes, now all of a sudden we're not as cool as we thought we were. See, John was cool baptizing folk in the name. John was cool telling Israel to repent because Jesus was coming. God was cool when he was doing what God had sent him to do. And he kept proclaiming that the repentance needed to be done because the kingdom was, oh, he was cool when he was preaching and doing what God done called him to do. But all of a sudden, when he was standing in that prison cell, his direction done changed. And an unexpected thing that came in his life and doubt showed up. But he ain't the only one. Moses, when he took the children of Israel and he brought them out of captivity. Oh, it was cool when they was walking toward the desert floor and they saw God taking care of Pharaoh and they was rejoicing and praising his name. But all of a sudden, the angel led them to the Red Sea and they back was against the sea and Pharaoh was coming from the other way. Moses let doubt get on him and he didn't quite know what to do because now the direction done changed. I'm back against the sea. Pharaoh's on his way. Now what do I do? Because it's not in my hands no more. John asked Jesus, are you the one? Because if you are not, did the things I do, was it not worth doing? Did I pick the wrong man? And you not the one that is supposed to be a man. But John said that God is going to be God. So all of a sudden, when your direction get changed, you need to hear a word from the Lord. Because doubt is going to show up and you're going to get challenged. 
by unexpected changes because it didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. God don't mind putting you in a bind and taking it out of your hands so that he can just show up and see John was sitting in that prison cell. He sent his disciples and said, are you the one? See, John got to understand that Jesus was still in his fleshly human nature, and yet he was still all God. And John was looking for the Messiah to do more than what the Messiah was ready to do. But Jesus, somebody ought to shout his name, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, see you got Jesus in your life and you know what Jesus is up to, then doubt should you need to learn that doubting is all right, but doubting should do something that you know it should do. Doubt should bring a spiritual revelation into your life where your faith can kick in and the word of God kick in and our answer from God kicks in and you can walk and talk and do what Jesus did. Jesus sent word back to John and he said to them, tell John, tell John, tell John that the blind can see, the lame can walk, the lepers are clean, the deaf can hear, the dead can rose, the poor haven't heard the gospel. He said, go tell him that the blind can hear, that the ears can hear, that the deaf can speak. Go tell him that I'm came and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. He said, let doubt come into their life, but you go tell them what I'm doing. All church is okay to die, but have he done things in your life. Did he rise you up? Did he lift you up? Did he call your name? Did he take God out? Did he change your heart? Did he change your mind? Did he change your walk? Did he crush your enemy? Did he make them your friends? Did he take you out of prison? Did he open up the door? Are you telling mama how much I love you? Did he put food on your table? Do you have a job? But there's no job. And they said that you should do it. Oh, did he do it? See, it's okay to doubt. But you better have a spiritual breakthrough and that testimony of what God has done. Ought to be strong enough to let you know that he's still right there with you. I can't see. I can't feel it. I don't quite feel what he's up to. Doubt done creeped in and done got on my back. But Jesus done showed back up and he said, he spoke to my doubt. And he said, get thee behind me. And he jumped off my back. Now I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, I'm running, because of who he is. It's all right. It's all right. 
Amen. 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 